Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We start in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1. Start at the beginning. Trace your roots. Restart your life. It's kind of like one of those red buttons, right? I need a restart. Yeah, I need to be born again, right? Find the answers to your very existence. Where did I come from? Why am I here? Who am I? What's my purpose? And where am I going? Well, the answers are in God's first book of the Bible. It is the book of beginnings. Yes, it is the book of Genesis. We've got to start all over again and do it right. We need to go back to the very foundation. Sometimes we've made a mess of our life. We've had a false start. We've messed it all up, and we've got to do a do-over. Well, that's okay because God is the God of second chances. He will take you back to the beginning and help you straighten everything out. Meet your Creator. Now, as we go through creation here and the beginning of everything, we will see how God will kind of give an overview or looking uh, an intro, if you will, and then focusing in on details back and forth. Uh, it does get a little confusing. There is great debate over Genesis 1. Uh, it can be very scientific if you're into that but we're just going to kind of keep it simple and try to cover the entire chapter of Genesis. So follow with me verse by verse. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning. The beginning of what? The beginning of everything. The beginning of all creation, except for one thing. God. Because God has no beginning. He always existed, no beginning, no ending, no changing. The immutable God who is self-existent, he is the beginning, he's the creator, he already was there before time and space, before anything existed in the beginning, God. God created the heavens, plural, and the earth. He made everything. And as we look at creation, his focus is on one little dot, a little planet called Earth, which is quite significant to us as it's our home. But God creates all the planets, all the universe, all the solar systems. But his focus, his intent, his heart is on planet Earth. God did create the heavens. I believe he created three heavens, if you will. He created heaven, the sky where the birds fly. He created uh, the heaven's space where the planets live. And yes, he created his own heaven where the angels sing the streets of gold. He created all things. He was in the beginning. He was the creator, and he did it all. 
as we study science and the elements, uh, we've gone to our greatest PhDs and our doctors, you know, and they have discovered a thing they call intelligent design. And they realize in their sciences and various disciplines that it's not by chance, it's not a coincidence, it's not a random explosion, but there's mathematics, there's formulas, there's designs, there's patterns in all creation, whether you look in the little microscope or the gigantic telescope, we see there is patterns and there's designs that identify an intelligent designer. And of course, the Bible identifies who he is. He is Yahweh. He is God himself, the creator of all things. Uh, the Bible contradicts, if you will, evolution, uh, eternal matter, the Big Bang Theory. I think that God himself has written this book and given a different account that outlasts them all. I mean, the Bible's thousands of years old. Genesis has not been rewritten and revised. Uh, it outlasts them all. And God creates. And this idea, this word creates, means to create from nothing. Only God can create from no substance. Now, as we create, as all creation creates, we create from existing matter. But God creates from nothing, out of nothingness, if you will. It's the Latin idea, ex nihilo, from nothing. Verse 2, the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving or hovering, the NIV says, kind of like flying, hovering over the surface of the waters. Some would suggest the gap theory that there's void and formlessness and, and there's a huge gap here in the Genesis account, it is possible. But I think this is the overview. As God is creating, there's different stages. There's times where there is formlessness, there is darkness. God is moving, God is working over the elements that he is creating. And so I would suggest the traditional six days of creation, uh, that God is doing a work week, and in his work week, he works Sunday through Friday, and he takes one day off the seventh day, Sabbath or Saturday. Now, Moses is the author of this book. He writes the Pentateuch, the first five books, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And later, Moses, when he writes Exodus, he says, for in six days the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, Exodus 20, 11. Moses believes God created all things in one week, and so do I. We have the commandment to honor the Sabbath day, to keep it holy, because this is when God created everything in six days, and he rested as an example to us to take a day off. Also, Jesus quotes from Genesis. 
He talks about Adam and Eve because Jesus himself, who is God, believes in the Genesis account, and Jesus himself, teaching on marriage, believes in Adam and Eve. They're not mythology. They're not made up. They are true historical people. We see the Holy Spirit himself being a part of creation. As we study the scriptures, we find that all three persons of the Trinity are working and moving and creating. The Father's the creator, the Son is the creator, and here we see the Holy Spirit hovering, moving over the waters, creating. All three are present, and all three are the creators of the universe. When I took art in art class, we did a, an art project where we had a center of interest. Have you ever done that? And maybe you have a painting or a picture, and you have a special little area. It's, it's a little dot. It's a bright color. It's something that kind of you focus on, and it can be small in the midst of something so large like a canvas painting. I believe the universe is God's masterpiece, his beautiful designs and colors and patterns and weavings and mathematics and formulas. You know, the all-knowing God knows how to build and create. And on his canvas, he puts one little speck, one little dot, earth. And this becomes his center of interest. Verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God creates with words. God is so powerful, he doesn't sweat, he's not toiling, he just speaks it, and it comes into existence. You might think this is so wild and crazy and so powerful, how can God speak things into existence. And now with our technology, we have computer voice recognition, right? And you can speak, and your little computer or your smartphone will do what you tell it. Turn on the lights, you know. Uh, I could say to my phone, hey Siri, find McDonald's. And it will start talking. Now, I must confess, sometimes my phone talks and it does things I don't want it to do. I used to get mad at it while well, I'm in the midst of driving and chaos and there's traffic and the phone is doing bizarre things and it's saying bizarre things. And I get so mad at my phone, I must confess I would yell at my phone. Now, I had to change the voice on the phone because I felt like guilty. I felt like I was yelling at my mom. So I had to change my phone to be an Australian man. So now when I yell at my phone, I don't feel guilty. <laughs> so if you ever hear my phone, you'd be, Pastor, it's an Australian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> God speaks creation into existence. From nothing, he brings it about. And the first thing he creates is his marvelous light. God is light, right? And in him is no darkness at all. God saw, verse 4, God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. 
now. When you name something, it gives you ownership and dominion over it. God is naming the light, the day, and God is naming the darkness and night. He is the God of creation. He owns the day. He owns the night. He's made it. He creates it. He dominates it. God is over time and space. He's the maker. He's not limited by his creation. Maybe you were a part of creation and you gave birth to a baby. And you name your baby because you own it. And you control it, right? Little baby has a tantrum. You can't have that toy. You know, uh, maybe your baby's named Johnny, right? You give it its name. Same thing with a pet. What are you going to name it? I'll call him Spot because he's got little spots on him. And you own it. You, you control it. You dominate it. You tell it what to do, right? And God names his creation as he goes. And there was evening and there was morning one day. Now, the Jews tell time differently than Americans. Their day is from sunset to sunset with 24 hours in between. So you got to think like a Jew. Moses is a Jew, right? He's writing, and the sunset to the sunset, what is he saying? A 24-hour day. I don't agree with those that would say, well, a day to the Lord's a thousand years. These are like millions of years, billions of years. Each day of creation is billions of years because God needs all this time to do a theistic evolution. No. God only needs moments. I think he could create in moments and sit around the rest of the day. You know, maybe it took him one hour to create and he waits 23 hours before he goes to the next step. But Moses is explaining to us very simply, one day from sunset to sunset. One day. And now we go, that was Sunday, day number one, and now we go to Monday, day number two. Six. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. Verse 7, God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so, like a firmament, like an atmosphere, like a space in between. We have waters in the sky, right? We have clouds that are raining on us today. Uh, many believe, too, we had a powerful canopy of moisture that protected the earth and an ozone layer and uh, stopped uh, aging so quickly and protecting the animals and the people. And many believe this uh, canopy of moisture later collapses during the global flood. It's possible. And then there is waters underneath the atmosphere, like a ball of water, if you will like a gigantic sphere of water. Verse 8, And God called the expanse heaven, or sky. Right? We have an atmosphere of moisture. 
the cycle of water, right? Have you ever followed that? Water doesn't disappear. Have you discovered that? Don't use up all the water. Well, it does. you can't really destroy water, right? It evaporates, it goes to the sky, it comes back, you know, a whole cycle. And there was evening, and there was morning, a second day. Day number two, we've had 48 hours. Our next day is Tuesday, day three, verse nine. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, like a ball or like putting it together, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. So up through the water pierces, up rises up the land. Now, there's a debate. Was it multiple continents? Were there land bridges? Was it one huge mass of earth and it shifts the tectonic plates and the moving of the uh, continents and islands, volcanoes erupting, bringing forth more islands like we see in Hawaii? It's possible. Verse 10, God called the dry land earth. And the gathering of the waters he called seas, oceans, right? And God saw that it was good. As we go through creation, God is meticulous. God is following order, pattern. Creation is not chaotic. It's not out of his control. It's so simple and elementary for the creator of all things to create our home. And I think the purpose of Genesis is not to be this incredible, deep, complicated, scientific book. It's to simplify so that even a child can explain. I've seen children write their posters and their pictures and they write day one, day two, day three, day four, and they draw you know, the, the light and the darkness and the water and the earth and the plants and the animals and then the little stick figures, Adam and Eve. God is trying to communicate. God is putting it simple. You don't have to have a PhD to understand. He is the creator. The common man, like most of the globe, I think, gets it. There is a God, and he made us. I'm sorry, you are not the creator. Verse 11. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them, and it was so. Verse 12, the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind. Do you see this phrase, after their kind? Apples grow apples, right? Uh, Jesus talks about seeds, right? All his parables. And, and if you plant one thing, you're not going to get another, right? If you're planting roses, you're going to get roses. You're not going to get tomatoes. And the seeds of nature follow God's design and his patterns and his commands. 
and you do reap what you sow. So if you're planting an avocado seed, which doesn't grow here, I've tried, you know, but in California, we get wonderful avocados. I love avocados, you know, that huge, gigantic seed. An avocado seed is not going to produce a fig, right? Because the seeds produce, the plants are obedient after their kind. And the trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. This phrase, it was good, it was good. We serve a good God and he makes good things. God does not produce evil. God does not produce wickedness and sin. God produces good things and his gifts are good and we serve a good, good father. God does not make junk. He makes us good. Verse 13, there was evening and there was morning a third day. Day after day, God is completing his work week systematically. And now we are on Wednesday, day 4, verse 14. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. The creator of time, the maker of the calendar, the maker of the week. Why are there seven days to a week? God made it so. Why does the earth turn or spin around the sun uh, 365 days and then it makes a new year? God made it so. Why are there four seasons? God made it so. There's patterns to his creation and nature obeys. God has made it all, the divine calendar maker, days, weeks, seasons, and years. Verse 15, and let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. Do you see the focus? Uh, our vantage point is from earth looking out, seeing the lights that surround our planet. Our concern is not the distant suns and lights of other worlds, but of Earth. This is our home. This is the planet that gets dumped on with God's love and grace and mercy and blessings and plants and animals and humans. He seems to not be so concerned with the other planets that are infinite like the sands of the sea. He focuses on Earth. Verse 18, God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. It's interesting, Moses is careful not to say sun and moon because the ancients would worship them. Other religions believe that the sun and the moon are gods. No, they're God's creation. So he's so careful to identify the sun and the moon without naming them, but we know which is the greater and which is the lesser. And of course, the moon reflects the light of the sun. 
And the various stars, they seem so small to us because they're so distant as they shine across the universe. And the children sing, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder where you are, up above the world so high, like a diamond in the sky. The power of God's creation. It's interesting because God creates light on Sunday, but the sun and the moon don't exist till Wednesday. It's beyond my comprehension. I don't understand all the details. God's giving us an overview, the main points, if you will. He's kind of building a gigantic grandfather clock, putting all the pieces together so that instantly it will begin to Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.